everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. This week we're going into part two of a personal revival, letting God cleanse and renew you from the inside out. And last week we talked about my story of walking through a personal revival season when I was in my teen years and just letting God remove those things that were standing in the way of having unhindered intimacy with him. My life changed so much as a result of being willing to let him cleanse that sin and bring things to light that I needed to confess and make right. And one of the key things that that season led to was a deeper surrender to him. I had lived for so many years saying that Jesus Christ Christ was my number one focus, the top priority of my life. And yet there were a lot of areas of my life that I was clinging to that I wasn't really truly letting him have control over. And one of the key ones for me was relationships. I wanted to be able to date the guys I wanted to date and marry who I wanted to marry and really hold the reins to hold the control of that part of my life. Another key area was my future. I had very specific hopes and dreams for my future and the idea of laying those dreams at his feet and saying, Lord, do whatever you want with my life was very scary to me. But walking through this personal revival season and letting him shine his searchlight in my soul and bring unconfessed sins to light, it it gave me me such a renewed passion in my walk with him that my desire to surrender everything to him and to make him the Lord of my life was just the natural result. And I remember very clearly one day kneeling down by my bed and one by one placing every key area of my life on the altar and saying, Lord, you can have this area. When it came to relationships, Lord, you can do whatever you want in this area of my life. I'm no longer going to control and manipulate my relational life. And even if you want want me to be single for the rest of my life, I surrender that desire for marriage to you and laying my future at his feet, saying, Lord, you do with my life what you see fit, laying all of the things that I had clung to as my rights and saying, Lord, you are now the Lord of my life, not just my savior, but my Lord. And it was a radical life change for me. Every area of my life began to change how I spent my free time, what I was focused on. And I've learned that all of those things that I was clinging to, my hopes, my dreams, the way that I wanted my life to turn out, when I laid those things at the feet of Jesus and just said, Lord, you take my life and let it be consecrated unto you. That was when I discovered true joy and life and freedom, and I never wanted to go back to having control over my own life. If you feel the desire to walk closer with Jesus Christ and to really know what it means to let him be in control of every aspect of your life and to experience that joy and that freedom of knowing that you're right with God, then I want to share a few key principles with you for walking through your own personal revival season. Last episode, we talked talked about embracing conviction and rejecting condemnation. It's so important to embrace God's conviction rather than pushing it away, but also to know the difference between God's conviction and the enemy's condemnation so that we know what we're saying no to and what we're saying yes to. Another key principle that I want to go into this week is this concept of surrender. And I call it not keeping Christ in the hallway. And this really comes from thinking of your soul as a home. If you've given your life to Christ, he desires to take the rulership position of your home. 
are you allowing him to access every room in this house or are you keeping him in the hallway? And that's exactly what I was doing until he finally brought me to that place of absolute surrender. So many of us have areas in our lives that we will willingly surrender to him, but other areas that remain under lock and key because we want to remain in control of them. So ask yourself the question, do any of my soul's rooms have a padlock and a high-tech security system blocking the door? Most of us have a few really precious areas that we don't want to give to Jesus Christ, to lay at his feet and say, Lord, do what you will in this area. If Jesus asked you to surrender your love life to him, would you gladly and willingly do so, even if it meant giving up your dream to be married? If he asked for your addiction to pop culture entertainment, would you be willing to let it go? If he called you to give up your lifelong dream and pursue something different, would you be willing to say yes? Often we shy away from God's conviction because we are afraid to let go of our control over specific areas of our lives. The enemy convinces us that God is an unloving tyrant who only wants to make us miserable. But nothing could be further from the truth. He desires to be in the lordship position of our lives so that we can experience the very best that he has for us. I can say from my own experience that every area that I have truly surrendered to him has become an area of amazing blessing. Do not allow the enemy to worm his way into your thoughts and warp the nature of God. We serve a God of love. He asks for rulership over our lives, not to make us miserable, but to bless us beyond all that we can imagine. Now, that's not to mean we're going to get everything that we want. He will always give us his best, and it's not always what we think is best. But this is the reality. It is always safe to lay our most precious dreams at the feet that were pierced for us. If you feel that Christ is knocking on the door of your heart or on any specific room, be willing to let him in, not just into that hallway of your inner home, but to every single room within your soul. Whatever he leads you to do, whether making something right with someone or laying down something you've been clinging to, don't delay to obey him because no matter what he asks, he is worthy of our wholehearted yes. And even if there weren't any blessings that would come from giving our lives to him, he is still worthy of our absolute devotion and surrender. The second key principle is this, to repent and turn. Imagine that you are heading straight towards a steep cliff. If you're haphazardly walking closer and closer to the edge of that sheer drop-off, and then suddenly someone warns you of that dangerous direction you're going, what should you do? Should you just shrug it off carelessly and kind of keep walking towards your doom? Or should you stop and acknowledge your mistake and turn and go the opposite direction? One choice leads to death and the other to life. Repentance from sin is very similar to this. Once we recognize that we've been heading in the wrong direction, we should immediately acknowledge our failure, ask God to forgive us, and then by his enabling grace, turn and walk the other direction. True repentance is more than merely saying the words, God, forgive me. It's leaning on the supernatural strength of God to turn from our sin. For example, if God convicts you of the sin of gossip, don't merely just ask for his forgiveness and then run straight back into those old patterns of gossip the very next day. Ask him to enable you to live a completely different way in this area of your life. Instead of tearing others down with your words, build them up. If he convicts you of laziness, don't merely acknowledge your sin and then go right back to your slothful patterns. Instead, ask him for the grace to exchange laziness for diligence. 
True repentance brings about a true life change. And remember that God's grace is more than just his hug or his favor. His grace enables us to do what is impossible in our own strength, to repent and turn from our sin and to be holy as he is holy, as it says in 1 Peter 1.15. So if you've been trying to live a holy life in your own strength, it's time to tap into the amazing, enabling grace of God, because with him, nothing is impossible. The next principle is to receive God's forgiveness. This is so important when we're talking about confession and repentance because many of us struggle to feel forgiven even after we've confessed our sins to God. And yet receiving his forgiveness is as simple as choosing to agree with him, no matter what your emotions may say. God's word says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He says that he forgives all of our sins and that he removes our sins as far away from us as the East is from the West. That is the reality of God, and we need to choose to agree with it. I love what Corey Ten Boom says about this. He casts our sin into the depths of the sea, and then he posts a sign, no fishing allowed. It's dishonoring to God to repent of our sin, ask his forgiveness, and then continually go fishing and try to dredge up those past sins and wallow in guilt over them. So I encourage you to stop asking the question, how do I feel about this past sin? And instead ask, what does God say about this past sin now that I have confessed it and repented. Don't wait to receive his forgiveness until you feel forgiven. Stand on the truth of God's word and command your emotions to agree. Every time you doubt his love and forgiveness, immediately go back to the word and stand on the promises that he casts your sin as far away from you as the east is from the west. Base your reality on what he says, not on what you feel. As you stand upon God's truth and forgiveness, your feelings and emotions will soon follow. The next principle is to make things right. We talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Think about the story of Zacchaeus. When he repented of his sins and invited Christ into his life, he didn't merely ask Jesus to forgive him. He also made things right with those whom he had wronged. In fact, he went above and beyond simply returning what he had stolen. He said, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. In response to God's conviction, this man removed idolatry from his life by giving away what was most precious to him, which was his money, and by giving back four times more to those he had taken from. Jesus did not treat these steps as extreme or unnecessary. Rather, he said, today salvation has come to this house. Oftentimes when God brings conviction into our lives, he asks us to go beyond merely saying a prayer of repentance. He may lead you to take specific steps in order to make things right with others. If you've stolen something, he might be asking you to return it or pay back what the other person lost. If you've been insensitive towards someone, he may ask you to seek that person's forgiveness for specific things that you've said or done. Even if it's hard to go to someone that you've wronged and make something right, there are amazing spiritual benefits that come from these humbling steps of obedience. It's important to realize, though, that it's not always appropriate to specifically confess things that you've done wrong against another person. So, like, for example, if you criticize someone behind their back and they never knew about it, it may actually cause hurt and offense if you were to go to that person and tell them what you said. A better approach could be to go to the person who heard your critical words and apologize for not being a better example of Christ with your tongue. Or God may lead you to simply bless the person that you criticized in some creative way. Be sensitive to God's spirit and he will be faithful to guide those specific steps of obedience that he's asking you to take. Here are some final thoughts that I'd like to share with you about letting God take you through a personal revival. 
Letting God cleanse and renew us from the inside out is more powerful and life-changing than any health detox or spring cleaning routine could ever be. Yet we so often bypass this spiritual house cleaning because of selfishness or fear. If you are ready to experience the most amazing intimacy with Christ and the greatest freedom of spirit that you could ever imagine, allow God to shine his searchlight within your soul. Let him have his way in your heart and you will never regret it. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to live a Christ-centered life, to walk through your own personal revival, and to really have tools for what it means to be set apart for Jesus Christ, visit us at setapartgirl.com and check out the many resources that we have there for you. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.